Cold Acid, what would it be like if your home was made simple? Well, it'd be easier to find things. It's June 14th, 2023, and this is Rare Encounter, Encounter number 150, and opening my own theme park in China. I'm Abel Kirby. And grinding in the sewers, I'm Cold Acid. Gonna kill those rats before you move up to the, uh, to the tentacles. No, not that kind of grinding. Oh, what kind uh, of grinding? The sausage skateboard. grinding? <gasps> skateboard grinding. Oh, like Tony... Did you know they have rails in the sewers now? <laughs> Some Tony Hawk sewer action. Is oh, that, yeah. Is that where he is? Tony Hawk skates the catacombs? No, no, but somebody else does. Okay. Who's, uh, you? No, not me. Uh, somebody who had a birthday this week. Oh, I know. Is it uh, a particular uh, purple blob? Yes. <laughs> so tell me about this uh, grimace, uh, the ever-present uh, specter over rare encounter. Tell me about his skateboarding and grinding in the sewers. Ah, uh, do I have to now? I want. I want to save this for when I'm talking, doing the whole thing about his birthday. Ah, you brought it up. All I right. Know, what are you? I what have you been up to? You're the one. You're the one who asked. <laughs> All right. What have? Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, getting eaten alive and avoiding fires. Uh oh. I heard those yeah. fires are. They're still going, huh? They're still going, but at least the ones in southern Ontario are under control now. Mm. Even if they are, even if they are like within 150 kilometers of the cottage. Wow. Yeah, I was watching yeah. some uh, satellite recorded video of smoke emerging from some of these fires, and uh, it was kind of passed around with some kind of low quality analysis around it. But I found a firefighter uh, on Twitter who is also working as a uh, um, documentary filmmaker and is sourcing a lot of good pictures and, and interesting things. Um, I think it was like fire movie or something like that. He had some very promotional handle. But anyway, he was discussing in the comments of these videos what's actually going on. It seems like all these fires are starting at once. And he's the, the mechanism he described, what it looks like is that sometime in the middle of the day, these plumes of smoke all of a sudden just burst out of, you know, seven different places or ten different places on the uh, on in Quebec. And yeah, you say, well, well it's, it's yeah. it all happening at the same time. And he says, well, no, what happens is the uh, thunderstorm rolls through and starts a bunch of smaller fires. And, and, and a smaller fire doesn't show up on the uh, the space view of the Earth. Yeah. But it doesn't they, even have to be a thunderstorm, by the way. Just if you have dry, charged air, that's all you need. Mm. And it's it was pretty dry before these fires started. So anyway, it kind of sits there... Um, kind of overnight and in the the background until the air starts getting heated it raises the um it, it causes this i don't know if it's an updraft or what maybe serpent would be would be able to put the right uh um word to it but it's the air starts to rise up and pull the smoke out and the fire gets uh uh, uh basically fanned by the changing uh changing air around it and it just just completely takes off and they all do it at the same time that's pretty striking uh when you see these videos of this happening but yeah anyway well fortunately was... yeah fortunately they're getting more and more under control and we haven't seen a repeat of last week's orange new york 
Yep. The orangest New York has been since... Since <laughs> Trump lived there. Since Trump lived there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've just been hanging out lately. Uh, got some great meat at some local uh, market. Got some... Uh, Lude. Yeah, they, 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 we had a butcher. I found a butcher in a town nearby. Drove out there, got nice. a bunch of steaks and stuff. Uh, cooking them in all different ways. I heard a bottle open. Yeah. Is that your Horitos? Yeah, it's guava flavored. Yeah. Horitos! Uh, of course, I just, I have water this time. I just have a tall glass of water. Lame. Yeah. Which I got this glass at uh, Flea Market. I went to Flea Market recently, too. It's pretty cool. Neat. Mm-hmm. So you got a flea market glass. I got a set of flea market glasses, and they all say Christmas 2001 on them. Nice. And That's catch. I was really trying not to notice when you're picking through all this stuff. They have these long tables, and you go down the coffee mugs, and every single one of them I picked up, it was like, world's best grandma. I love grandma. Grandma 2002. Grandma 2008. And so on and so forth. And the, the and conclusion. And you know why they're there now. I was trying not to think about it. Someone's, <laughs> someone's grandma kicked the bucket, and they uh, sold all this stuff. That's why they're out the flea market. One per one person no one grandma who is like grandma to loads of people, or mm -hmm. one grandma per mug. Maybe it was like a hoarder's grandma, like on TLC. Could be. <laughs> they should have a TLC uh, grandma hoarders. TLC Grandma Week. You know how they do Shark Week on Discovery Channel? They can do Grandma Week on TLC. It's like Grandma eats Tide Pods. Not a bad idea. Yeah, just I would I would totally go for that. Kinky grandmas on TLC. I wouldn't go for that. <laughs> it's, it's it's Shark Week, right? Counter program, Gilf Week. <laughs> I'm, I'm not liking this idea anymore. Ah uh, well. Let's see, we're back to our old format. I've been We are. I, I just slipped right in. I took this old format out of our closet. Uh I tried it on and it, you know what? It was kind of loose on me. Lewd. Well, yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, feels pretty good. Feels like uh, feels like I need to grow back into it though. Yeah, it's been a while. So we did that. Uh, we did that other format that was kind of weird with all the operations. That's been gone. Uh, we're done. We're back to the old thing. We'll have the banter segment, uh, podcast segment, uh, some potato news. We got all kinds of stuff to do. Uh, what do you say about uh, doing a story first? Yeah, uh, I've got a I've got a few, and you've got a few. You want to kick one off? Yeah, let's let's since we already teased it, let's get on to Grimace. Yes, and not in any sort of sexual way. Unless you're into that, tell me about Grimace. Uh, yeah, unless you're into that, uh, I, I I won't judge. I'll totally judge. So yeah, uh, last week we missed it last week, but McDonald's had announced that Grimace has a birthday, and that his birthday is June twelfth. And so this week is Grimace Week, essentially, because they're offering they're offering like a Grimace's birthday happy meal. They've got a new Grimace colored milkshake. I saw that purple thing in a flyer or a, a poster by the local McDonald's. Yeah, and they even released a uh, a Game Boy Color game where you play as Grimace and you do things like ride a skateboard through the sewers 
and ride a bubble through the sky. I like the Game Boy uh, release. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. So it, turn, it turns out, so there's a website. It's, it's, you play the game online, supposedly, but really, this is the website that's hosting it is really just like a, uh, what's it, a WebAssembly compilation of a GBC emulator with this, uh, with this ROM for this game they made where you play as Grimace. Yeah. And so, of course, the ROM, you can also download it now from Internet Archive. It's and grim- there is a purple-haired chick, I think it's a chick, who, who talks to you. Oh, boy. So it's Grimace's birthday, and he's throwing the party of the year at McDonald's. Yeah, well, he did. he's throwing the party now, but his birthday was uh, was Monday. But he needs to round up Birdie, Hamburglar, and the McNugget Buddies <laughs> before it's too late to <laughs> blow his candles out. Okay, this yeah. is stupid. Here, here's the other thing to consider, though. I found, I found this tweet... Uh, after last week's show, when I found out about the Grimace birthday stuff, and I came across this tweet from some dude named Ben Rosen, and he <laughs> said in it, a June 12 birthday suggests Grimace may have been conceived on September 11. <laughs> oh boy, that's a great one. Yeah, that that is that is someday 9/11, huh? Hmm. You know, a lot of terrible things happened that day. <laughs> The, the most terrible one might have been Grimace. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, like the worst terrorist incident to ever happen in the United States. The birthday of Grimace. Yeah, yeah they, they're, they're kind of balanced, right? I'm looking at these guys Car- in Grimace. Carblane says in the chat, that assumes the gestation period of a Grimace is nine <laughs> months. And who's to say it isn't nine months? I mean, Grimace is a guy like you and me. He may be a big purple blob, but he is still a person, right? Yes, Grimace is still a person. He's just a fun-loving skateboarding kid. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Who just happened to have been conceived on the day of America's greatest tragedy. (laughs) Oh, man. So, you you know what, Mr. and Mrs. Grimace, like, Mr. Grimace must have survived... Uh, the incident, and ran home to Mrs. Grimace, and, you know, they, you know, they got it on, and nine months later, they had Grimace. Finally, we figured out what what happened to WTC7. (laughs) It got ravaged by Grimace sex. (laughs) Is Grimace, if you put on a Grimace suit, is that a, I guess it's a mascot, it doesn't count as a furry suit, even though he's kind of furry in some of them. I guess he, he's, he's pretty fucking furry. I, 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 but he's not. He's not. Well, we don't know if he's mammalian or not. So, hmm. Damn. Yeah, this you gotta is a pat him question. down. Pat him down and feel for those glands. That's the only way to know for sure. Uh, you can do that. <laughs> All right. Servo thinks marsupial is more likely. Well, marsupials are mammals. Hmm. Marsupials. And Fletcher says. I thought Grimace was originally part of the Hamburglar's gang, he which was. would make him a villain. I'm pretty sure they found his passport in the rubble as well. <laughs> yes. And uh, you know what? He does come off as a villain sometimes. I've seen pictures of him eating children. Yep. 
let's see. Uh, I don't know how to celebrate Grimace's birthday other than uh, <laughs> subtly promote McDonald's on, on our podcast. Um, uh, hang out with furry purple guys. Furry purple guys. They did make him hairier, though. I want to really, before we move on, I, I have to point this out. Grimace has always been kind of a smoother fella. His texture has been a little bit smoother. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They um, really they, smoother fella. And he, you know, you know who he really strikes me as similar to? Well, Patrick Starr. <laughs> he, I think he traditional, traditional Grimace has been kind of a smoother, uh, smoother texture. Surface texture is what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, that's what I'm talking about. And in these most recent images, the promotional images for this birthday thing, they really furred him up. They really haired up this guy. Yeah. He's got all kinds of swirly textures, whorls and swirls of purple hair. Maybe maybe Grimace is Italian? That uh, could be. Grimissimo. That's what his grandma calls him. Um, How about potato news? <gasps> Did you say the magic word? Yeah. But we need a few good taters. It's potato news on rare encounter. Potatoes. Today's potato news, which is back from hiatus. We haven't done potato news in uh, almost two months because of this format change. But now we're back and I have some potato news for you all. This is from the ESA, the European Space Agency. They've been supporting research in frying cooking methods in microgravity. So what they're interested in is can you fry food in microgravity? One of the concerns is that when you're frying food in regular gravity, you have the separation of the steam bubbles and the oil. So they come out, you know, there's little pockets of um, little bits of moisture inside the potato. And as it gets heat heated up, it turns to steam and it bubbles out. And uh, in in normal gravity, the there's a buoyancy to the steam bubble, which causes it to separate from the fry. Instead of clumping up around it and making a steam pocket around it, the little worry the worry they had was if you were to fry potatoes in microgravity, that buoyancy wouldn't exist, and the sur- kind of surface tension of these bubbles would have them just stick to the fry. You'd end up with a um, partially cooked. French fry, you know, surrounded by a big bubble of steam, uh, and the oil wouldn't be in contact with it anymore. So, you know, the cooking action wouldn't be happening, right? So, to find out what was really going on, according to uh, some stories that are linked in the show notes, including one from, it's actually ESA.INT, has a uh, story called Frying, Flying, Frying in Microgravity, uh, where they actually, these uh, researchers from... uh, Thessalon- Thessaloniki, Greece. I cannot pronounce that. Uh, Thessaloniki. Thessaloniki had put together a zero or microgravity uh, fryolator. And there's some pictures in the show notes. Have you seen this thing, Cold? I sent you, I, I warned you right before the show, I was going to bring this up. Did you see the pictures in the notes? Yeah, I, I see it. <laughs> it's a, it's like made out of 80-20 in some places, so it looks really, uh, looks really. It's got like a, a, it's got like, it's got like a nuclear glove box. Yep. 
It has an e-stop button. This is a Fryolator with a big red emergency stop. It has several actually. If you look, there's one in the top picture strapped to the side. You can slap that button to stop the Fryolator. And there's another one in, from uh, the photo from the different angle. You can see there's another big red button. Yeah, just just in case the uh, just in case the oil gets loose and starts splashing around your spaceship. Yep, it's also controlled by a laptop computer, which is a little more brains than most fryolators uh, have. They usually, I think the thermostat is is about as smart as they got in the first generation. But uh, no, it's. I think I think that's as smart as they get, even in your like modern everyday fast food joint. Oh, they put timers in them now. Oh, okay. So they're a little more, they're a little smarter then. Yeah. And they've had timers and thermostats for, a. I mean, you can go back to early, early training materials from fast food companies and find references to, you know, how to set these things up. They got actually pretty sophisticated early on, you know, as in far fact, as in fact, one of the first, uh, one of the first caveman, uh, writings was a manual for how to operate the fry machine. <laughs> God. Oh, uh, no. Just don't put the whole plastic bag. You, you've got to take the fries out of the bag before you put them in the fry later. You can't just put the whole whole bag in. It doesn't work. Yeah, I know. Uh, there's always some jackass who does that, though. They, they think it's the first time anyone's ever done that. Uh, all they do is ruin the machine. Well, they, don't, they don't ruin the machine, but they certainly take it out of service for a while because you do something like that. you got to strip the fucker back down clean everything by hand, and then reassemble it. That doesn't happen at the restaurant. No. Somebody has to come pick the fucker up, take it somewhere for servicing, do all that work, and bring it back. You know, I saw a placard at a Burger King. Um, it wasn't in town. It was on a, a recent travel. Uh, they had a placard advertising for Burger King service, maintenance and service jobs, what they wanted you to do is be a contractor, not at Burger King, but for the company that services Burger Kings in the area, to be on call to service basically the shake machine, the fry machine, stuff like that. And they were paying a lot more money than Burger King. So I thought oh, that I was... I they were. Yeah. But your, re your, regular, your regular burger jockey isn't going to have the qualifications for a job like that. So of course it's going to pay more. Yeah, there's always someone. Some of these, some of these jobs are um, escapable. I think there's a there's a way to figure out how to put the shake machine in self cleaning mode, and uh, and uh, if you w do a little bit of research on how to do these procedures, they're all, they're they're not too crazy. Um, no, but it's still it's still beyond it's still beyond the IQ of any Burger King lifer. The only problem was, I, and the reason I know anything about this is all at all is because we did that segment on the soft serve machines at McDonald's some years ago, where they had a scam, almost like a John Deere kind of um, right to repair violation scam, where they wouldn't let you do. I can't remember what it was. They had some some kind of firmware inside that would stop you from just cleaning the sh the machine. You had to go through the official vendor, and they'd have to charge you an arm and a leg for it. But anyway, um, and they were I stopping. Remember, I remember the service map for for those where it would show you which ones actually had machines in service and which didn't. 
So this uh, Fryolator, I want to get back to it. The experiments weren't actually conducted in orbit, unfortunately. They had what? these. Come yeah, on, that's a scam. Then they had. This is a fucking scam. Well, they were microgravity, so they were using these parabolic flight. Uh, uh, basically, oh, vomit, they, vomit they comet. They put them up on the vomit comet, and they think that's any better. Well, like, they got microgravity. I think that's fair. Yeah, for like ten seconds at a time. No, you, you they got to take one of the this fucker up to the International Space Station and start making fucking curly fries, man, sure. up in <laughs> up in orbit. That's right. You know, the whole space station is gonna smell like if you cook fish sticks. It's just gonna smell like fish sticks for the next week. You can't air it out. Jeez. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, maybe maybe they can have, like, you know, a detached section with its own air supply and everything. And once the once the fries are made, you just, you know, spacewalk them over to the main ISS. That way you don't get, like, the... That way you don't get the fryer stink. <laughs> Man. The, uh... I think that's, that's it. I, I did want to mention that they did measured the temperature of potatoes and they instrumented the potato with um temperature measurements at multiple depths so it wasn't just like a thermocouple in a potato they actually like heavily instrumented a potato so they could see the uh gradient of thermal penetration by the oil while it was being fried it was very interesting i thermally penetrate her oil oh boy you got to see this uh, video they have, too, of the fry oil bubbling in microgravity. Very cool. It's on the yeah. website. It's in the link. And uh, There's no sound to it. No, there's not. Uh, they did not put but a microphone. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty wild seeing the... There was no microphone wow, in yeah, the potato. Holy fuck, the, the bubbles get huge. Yeah, that's because they don't have that buoyancy. Um, they just sort of get pushed away by the other bubbles. That's and then they get bigger and bigger, and there's a whole bunch of big bubbles that you expect are going to, like, whoa, and then they all go. Mm. Wow. You yeah, know, that's pretty cool. The the formation of bubbles, like nucleation of bubbles, uh, from what I understand, was poorly understood until somewhat recently. Uh, and, and it was, I think it was quantum physics that pushed it over um, when they were studying cloud chambers and... Uh, what was the other one? Bubble chambers, where you have kind of the superheated fluid and you're you're waiting for nucleation to happen and the nucleation's caused by a particle colliding. Um, and so you can get a trail of, of, of bubbles after this. And um, I, I got to a lecture once that uh, was posted online. It was like an hour-long lecture of a guy talking about doing some of this early research. I should dig that up. It was a really fun story. A lot of inside baseball <laughs> about Stanford uh, in the 60s. But he was talking about when they got started, they did not know much about how bubbles actually formed. And there were a couple ideas, but they didn't really have great models of it yet. And uh, they had to study it intensely and, and really refine those to, uh, to figure out what the hell was going on with bubbles anyway. What's going on with bubbles? What's the deal with bubbles? And the punchline, of course, is bubbles is the girl next door. Hi-oh! All right. Um, let's see. You got another story? I got, I got a couple things to get through, uh, but we could do one. Yeah, I got, uh, I got more stories. Of course I have more stories. All right, let's do it. So, guess, guess, what's more surprising to you? That Bud Light was the top-selling U.S. beer, 
or that it lost its title to Modelo SPL. I'm not surprised that Bud Light was the best-selling um, beer for a period. Uh, and the reason is they had the best marketing. Yeah. And that's where Even, it matters. It, <laughs> best marketing for the best piss water, right? Because mm -hmm. we know that's what American beer is. So what's, At least the non-microbrew stuff. So what displaced them now? I, I know a lot of people have been vying to, uh, to uh, decapitate the Bud Light Night in the castle so square yeah so thanks to uh thanks to the boycott uh after the whole like tranny ad thing uh modelo espial especial sorry well that's a a strange uh one how'd that get to the top that's <laughs> what i'd like to know but apparent apparently apparently the four weeks ended june 3 Modelo represented 8.4% of U.S. retail store beer sales versus 7.3% for Bud Light. Mm, that's absolutely uh, unexpected. I could not have guessed that. I thought it was going to be some other thing. So here, here's, the, here's the other thing. Interesting, interestingly enough, uh, Modelo is sold by Constellation Brands who acquired it from Anheuser Busch, when uh, when they bought Grupo Modelo, hmm. so they bought they bought they bought the the brewery that create that produces Modelo SBL, and they had to sell that brand like the premium brand from that brewer off, and then and then they did this and tanked themselves. Modelo first went on sale in the U.S. in the 1990s. It was primarily marketed to Hispanic drinkers. It launched English language ads in 2015. It's that new? Yeah. Ow, that is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, I've yeah, seen, so I've had it I before. Guess what the, I guess what this goes to say is that uh, uh, Hispanics in, uh, in California are continuing to drink Modelo and people who had been drinking Anheuser Busch brands have stopped drinking. Hmm. Yeah, it's a lifestyle change. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so so is their advertising. Yeah. Well, that's interesting beer news. Um, I've been I've been looking closely at lifestyles. We had a style change on this podcast with a different format for a while, and I started wondering maybe I need to have some lifestyle changes too. And uh, so you know. Cold Acid, if you wanted to get ideas about how to uh, about a better lifestyle, where do you, where do you where would you get them from? I'm just curious. Where would you search first? I would probably ask people online, like, what's it like living in the places where they live, hmm. and of course, where they live, because it wouldn't really be any use if they told me about their lifestyles without telling me their location, so I can have somewhere to pin these lifestyles on a map okay well i i thought the best thing to do would be lifestyle magazines and newspaper sections uh so what i did just uh kind of as a lark i want to see what other people's lifestyles are like you know i used to live in the denver area i want to see what just remember what the lifestyle there was like and so i started going to a bunch of uh newspapers and just looking at the lifestyle sections, trying to get a feel for, 
you know, what kind of lifestyle is, is going on in these different places. And I collected them all into a little segment I want to call, Who Has the Best Lifestyle? Uh-oh. And uh, I, I just wrote down some of the headlines. So what I did is I went to uh, a location, a newspaper, maybe a famous newspaper, maybe it was one that was a little obscure, and just went to the lifestyle section and kind of took note of what was going on. You know, who's who's having the right kind of lifestyle, the kind that I would want to have? And yeah. uh, I, I'd like to go through some of these with you, if you don't mind. Go right ahead. All right. So the first lifestyle candidate, we're looking for who has the best lifestyle here. The first one is uh, the Denver Post. That's where I, I looked first. And they had kind of normal stuff you might think uh, is in a lifestyle section of a, a local newspaper. We've got, I, I just wrote some of the headlines down. It was best wontons and dumplings. And they had an article about who has the best wontons and dumplings in the city. So, okay, that's okay. That's yeah. what they care about in Denver. Dining after dark. Eateries open past midnight. So that's part of the lifestyle, I guess. Yeah, so, well, you want to you know where you can get a good meal after, after a night at the club, right? Mm. I, I will say the wontons and dumplings, uh, Chinese food in Denver is not good. But dining after dark is pretty awesome in Denver because they had a lot of 24-hour stuff. You could go out 3 a.m. and get a good good meal somewhere, uh, nice. even even outside the city. There, there were plenty of 24-hour places to hang. Um, third story they had on there was about a psychedelics conference coming up, and they were going to have people from all over, enthusiasts and experts, uh, talking about, I guess, DMT and mushrooms and stuff. Getting high and then eating all the wontons. So that's a that's a very local thing. Uh, I would expected more of it from Boulder, but yeah, the the Denver Boulder drug culture thing is uh, still going strong. So I I uh, I think that's the the entry for Denver Post. I wanted to check out what it was like in Toronto. Um, so of, so of course I uh, I went to the Toronto Star cold and uh, because of course. Well, I I just want to know what the lifestyle there's like. I want to see what you're no, up you to. Don't. Yeah, I just want to see what you're up to, okay? And so I went, I opened it up, and I got a couple stories. I'm just reading the headlines. We got Toronto's most stylish guys show us shorts, short shorts on men. And it was an article about uh, just stylish guys wearing short shorts. Man, was, even if I was stylish, I still wouldn't wear short shorts. <laughs> uh, there's an advice column. Somehow the advice column was in lifestyle, I guess. It was from uh, someone named Lizzie. And the uh, someone had written in. There was a question. I got his name tattooed somewhere special. We broke up, and so on and so forth. So yeah. I guess so so there there's there's something about the Toronto lifestyle, right? Yeah. Get with a chick, and she will tattoo her, your name on her on her vag. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wait, I didn't know this was a thing. I can. Uh, she'll do that. Apparently. Just don't break up with her or she'll write about it. <laughs> if, I could have, like, Abel written on a bunch of these chicks. You could. Let's see. Um, I just think it's the the tattoo. First, the getting someone's name tattooed on you is trashy to start. And then breaking up. And if you actually read the story, she does it several times. And it's about this bad tattoo where she keeps changing the name to, like, hide it and put someone else's name inside it. It's, uh... Just the absolute trashy uh, hoe. It's a story about a hoe, honestly. Uh, yeah. You know, Our Lady Peace had a song, A Story About a Girl. They should have called it A Story About a Hoe. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, the last last piece of uh, lifestyle from Toronto Star was how to know if your child is suffering from an eating disorder. So we know what's going on in Toronto. Eating disorders, <laughs> bad tattoos. I think I just had a drinking problem. And uh, short shorts. Yeah. Who wears short shorts? Dee, 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 dee. We, we wear, wear short shorts. Short shorts. <laughs> Columbus, Columbus Dispatch, I went down, uh, had some lifestyle uh, uh, entries. I just want to read these out loud. This is saying it to black men with flowers. Okay. Columbus, Columbus, Ohio. It's about saying it to black men with flowers. We also have your home made simple. Cold acid, what would it be like if your home was made simple? Well, it'd be easier to find things. <laughs> and finally, we had an article that said, we found the perfect spot in Columbus to watch Phoebe birds. Hmm. So, so here's, how it goes, here's how it goes in Columbus. Uh, the lifestyle section is geared towards women who want to uncomplicate their lives and get... And, and also and date have black, black men. babies watching birds. <laughs> I think you nailed it. There's Columbus for you. That's the uh, description of them. Well, that's still that's still classier than Toronto. <laughs> we have. I I started looking at some more exotic places. I actually got a couple random cities and looked at local newspapers, nearby newspapers anyway, and uh, I pulled up the Abu Abu Dhabi came pulled out of the hat, and so I looked up. The Khalij Times, as a local newspaper, just trying to find out what happens in Abu Dhabi. Let's find out. And some of these were stories syndicated, uh, so I'm not sure they were all local. But I've got the headlines from the lifestyle section are, Four kids found alive after 40 days in jungle. That's what that goes on there. Sense. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Abu Dhabi? Jungle? Yeah. No, the what... They don't have jungles in Abu Dhabi. It says... And even if they did, you'd be able to go through the whole thing in less than 40 days. UAE is tiny. I think it could have been a Jumanji situation. Maybe. So someone had to roll a, f a four or an eight or something. So, so, long as, so long as you don't, like, you know, get caught by a jaguar or eaten alive by uh, giant insects... 40 days of surviving in the jungle isn't that difficult. There's plenty to eat, and water is free. I also, the second second item they had was an article about how to use AI to generate stunning photos. And uh, I they gave an example yeah, of a Yeah, that photo is pretty stunning. A that, stunning uh, photo of this weird-looking like purple guy with sticks for hair holding up a laptop computer that it has with like eyes that smiling it's a smiling laptop it's got like hvac dryer vents for arms it's got a typewriter keyboard it's absolutely the more you look at this picture the crazier it gets <laughs> but there's it's, there's it, yeah it, it is it is a stunning picture i will i will definitely admit to that yep and uh, in the art department from Abu Dhabi, the Khalij Times, they also had, I, I was not aware a Dubai-based artist was uh, gifting the royal family, King Charles, a coronation painting to highlight the UK-UAE connection is what it's uh, billed as. Were you aware that this painting existed? Not before today. Yeah, this is a 
this is something special. It's like a painting of Charlie with his scepter and his ball. There's a lot of distorted red photos. Yeah, it's like it's like somebody melted a collage. <laughs> it's yeah, it does. It kind of reminds me of I don't and know. And then drew a bunch of hearts on it. It's it's like a drawing. So here's what I think it looks like. It looks like if you had a disturbed child who's like drawing violent photos in class to and the teacher, you know, takes this cr- the crayon drawing of the dead dog with the guts coming out or whatever. And then they run that through uh, stable diffusion to make it all like look shiny and, and full. That's what this whole thing looks like. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this is like some sort of stable diffusion production and the and this artist just put his signature on it. Yeah, it could be. It's very, uh, very pink. A lot of hearts. It's 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 avant garde. There's some airplanes in the background. I'm just staring at this for one. There's like an airplane flyby. There's some corn. There's actually something there's, that looks there's like There's a, a cameo of Charles up in the top right. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. people used to people used to get those carved, you know, a, ca- a cameo and like you'd be able to you'd be able to like make a necklace out of this like carved cameo to give to your wife. So it has the Commonwealth written out in Arial font. Nice. How tacky. it also has it also has written in what looks like uh, a freehand pen, uh, "Defender of all faiths," with an arrow going around and pointing to something off of Charles's scepter. Huh. Yeah, they I basically don't know what it is. This is basically the uh, the full <laughs> the full length version of the coexist bumper sticker. <laughs> All right, so that's what's going on in uh, Abu Dhabi. There's their lifestyle is children stuck in the jungle. We've got AI uh, generating photos and uh, this bizarre what painting. possibly could be more AI generating pictures. Yeah, these, these disturbing looking uh, paintings, alleged paintings of uh, foreign monarchs. Okay, uh, I went to Nairobi. And uh, I found a newspaper there, went through. They had a couple uh, lifestyle stories. One was mechanic in court for failure to pay SH-600, which I think is a local uh, currency, for Boda Boda Riders services. What's a Boda Boda Rider? I don't know. I'm not sure. It sounds like something, you know, Jar Jar Binks was was running around on. But so, so in Nairobi... You take a bongo from the sea, and you ride a boda boda to see the queen? Yeah, we take the boda boda to Thede. We ride it done. <laughs> uh, we also had Azimio, proposed, who's a person, uh, Azimo, uh, for some reason in the, lifestyle, Azimio in the lifestyle section, the headline was, is saying, the proposed budget is anti-people. That sounds like politics. That should be in the news section, not the lifestyle section. I think that when you bring people into it, it becomes lifestyle. I, in fact, if someone was anti-people, doesn't that affect your lifestyle? Uh, I suppose. I mean, you're, you'd definitely be uh, misanthropic. Hmm. Well, we also had a story from their, uh, I think it's the president of their, Suluhu um, of Tanzia. It's, she's saying, 
you can marry more wives, but on one condition. And uh, I was giving a speech. What's that condition? I couldn't find it. I kept skimming the speech. <laughs> I was really yeah. excited. But what I learned instead was this uh, this character, Suluhu, I think is uh, how you say her name, is the leader of their country. And so, she, you know, she's like the head bitch, right? She's also yeah. one of several wives. So her, she, her husband married her and several other women. So she's the head of the country, and she's also like the head wife, uh, which is an interesting situation. I had no idea that that happened. Hmm. And she's, you know, the political uh, politico controlling the country, and she's, uh, she's also – you don't think of polygamy and empowerment in the same sentence. But, and yet here we are. Yet here we Africa are. Africa does things differently. Yep. We should we should support them in that because I don't know. Maybe this works better than uh, than what we imposed on them. And she's out there saying you can marry more wives, but on one condition. Interesting. Uh, well, I want to know what that condition is. But then again, uh, to marry more wives, first I would need a wife. When mm. I, you could start with two. You get a starter pack like Twinkies. Uh, maybe, but where am I? Where am I going to find like Twinkie women? Mm. <laughs> well, if you get a Twinkie woman, I've got some news for you. <laughs> Might not be a woman. Uh, oh, jeez. Well, it is Pride Month, so you're good. <laughs> I also, <laughs> I also got the uh, Buenos Aires Herald. And they had some yep. sections. What do they say? They had, here's what's going on in Buenos Aires. We've got a singer, El Gante, that's El-Gante, arrested for threats and kidnapping. And I I pulled the picture because I thought he looked interesting enough. With his he, lo- he looks like some homeboy wigger. And he's got a, a face like, tattoo. He, like, you would, see, you would see this guy just driving through, like, your average American uh, middle-class suburb. He's got these very square sunglasses, uh, very, um, I guess they're trapezoids more than more than squares. Uh, he's got purple drank. Purple drank. He's got these, he's got a cigarette, I think, in his hand. He's got, it's just a, an amazing photo, extremely classy. So this guy's been arrested. That's what's in the lifestyle section. He's got neck tattoos as well. This guy, this guy, yeah, he probably, when he's not, when he's not singing, he's probably in jail. We've got an article called How to Be a Hincha Argentino Starter Pack. And I what don't, is a Hincha Argentino? I do not know. I didn't read the article. But they did have a starter pack. And then the final thing in Argentina was a quote from Messi. The, you know the football player Messi or the soccer yeah, player? Yeah, I know, I know of Messi. Where he's talking about that this will be his last World Cup, blah, blah, blah. Okay, this is not a sports show. But the sporting hero, according to this, I skimmed it, is in China. Do you know why he's Messi is in China, Cold Acid? Why is he in China? Well, this is breaking news. I had no idea this was going on. He is opening a theme park in China, according to this article. A messy theme park. Uh, I mean, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be better if his theme park was clean? A clean theme park. No, there's a. There's some pictures of it if you if you do a search for it. Um, it's a very strange building with a lot of polygons. Is the only way I can describe it. Do you have a picture of this? It's a, a park that will. Uh, you you just have to look for it. It's on ESPN. Okay. Apparently, this has been going on for a while, and I've never heard of it. So I was. Uh, 
I'm seeing articles from from years and years ago too. So 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 messy. So messy is like is like to China the same way uh, the NBA is, I guess. Under their boot. Under no, their thumb. like <laughs> like the pe- the people are like crazy for it. Ah. Uh. Well, that was my wrap of lifestyles around the world, and I wanted to get a consensus. Maybe the chat has one. What we think the best lifestyle was? We we got Argentina, we got Nairobi. Um, I'd say I'd say number one is Denver, uh, because dining after dark and psychedelics. Yep. Uh, number two would be Nairobi because that's just like some crazy ass shit that sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, three would be Abu Dhabi because, I mean, they got some crazy shit going on there too. What with the AIs and the artists. Yeah. All right. Well, jungles in the jungle, the jungles jungles. in the middle of the desert. (laughs) However that happened. Yeah. However that happened. All right. Let's put a lid on this. Uh, I think the top. Wait. Last place Toronto. Yeah. Last place Toronto. All right. I, I missed that sound effect of being able to just close a story like that. All right. Uh, you get yeah, anything else? We should else? probably keep the sound effect. Yeah, I do like it. It's a good way to wrap things. Let's see. I've got uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, remote work. We've got the Microsoft Edge. We could do podcasts. You know what? This Tulsa thing, this is one where you should have been looking up lifestyle information. You know, that kind of got me started on it. The, the Tulsa, Oklahoma, Tulsa remote program their website is full of these glamorous descriptions of Tulsa, Oklahoma. But if you if you look at it, it's because it's Pride Month. It's like everything is a Pride Parade. It's just 100% Pride Parade in Tulsa, Oklahoma, all day, every day. That's what it looks like. In the middle of Oklahoma. In the middle of Oklahoma. Not the, not the sort of place you'd expect that. I don't know. Oklahoma's kind of weird, man. I've spent a couple okay, days there. Okay, fair enough. It is it is a kind of weird place. The, yeah, it's, I think uh, I'd be more in. I think I'd be more interested uh, living and working remotely from Omaha than from Tulsa. Oh, somewhere in Middle America. Yeah, get right to the heart of matters. Okay, I got the mo- slightly more obscure Counting Crows reference this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun if you have to explain it. No, no. This is a uh, story about Tulsa, Oklahoma, is trying to get remote workers to move there. In fact, they're going to pay you $10,000 in cash and give you a free desk for a year and uh, a bunch of other kind of minor bullshit. But the money and the and the free rent uh, of a workspace is the, the number one and two draws. They are allegedly the most successful remote worker recruitment program that's active right now. And it's also the first one I heard. It's actually the second one that I heard of. I guess for remote workers uh, in particular, but the um, there's a lot of places that have these things going on right now. They're they're trying to get people who are essentially tech workers, people who can do a job remotely, don't tend to be making minimum wage, and yeah. uh, if they can get you in, you know, the tax revenue goes up. Yeah, well, there's all there's always a reason why they want to get people moving there, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. tax money, tax money, that'll do it. Yeah, and they think that the neighborhood uh, neighborhood values will go up or whatever. Anyway. So they got this thing on the site where you can actually compare different things for other cities. So, for example, uh, for example, you can look at the uh, 
the difference between uh, Los Angeles and buy and buying a house uh, at seventy one percent lower real estate prices, right? <laughs> uh, one fifty seven k for me as medium home price versus five forty six in L A. That doesn't sound right. Less than a million dollars in in L A. for a home. LA is a big city. I'm sure there's some shitty neighborhoods you can get a house for less that, than a That's true. There are, but yeah, like you can see different, the cost of living versus all these other cities that they list. Of course, it's, it's always going to be low. So they're not going to show you like versus like podunk uh, in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah. You know who has a remote work um, visa? Who? Iceland. Oh. Yeah, you can get, um, I think it's a half year, they give you 180 days or something, where you can go and actually work there tax-free. And hang out with Bjork. And hang out with Bjork. Uh, and apparently they I think that's, I think that's a bigger sell than, uh, than the cost of a house in Tulsa. If Bjork was there? Well, who's from Tulsa? I'm sure there's gonna be some famous people from Tulsa. I'm sure there is, but I can't think of any. Oh, so I'll do a little quick search. Tulsa, Oklahoma. List of famous people from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, da, 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 da. It's all kinds of business people. I'm not seeing anyone. I Mark. Nope, 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 nope. Garth Brooks. Okay. Not a fan of him right now. Um, different singers. Hanson. Do you know the Han- <laughs> that band? <laughs> They're from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Patty Page? Uh, that, okay, Patty that, Page. That is just making me want to go to Tulsa even less. Yeah, Patty Page, though. Patty Page is good. Going down the list here. Um, not a lot of people I recognize. Politics. I'm sure I'm going to run into some people I don't like here. Da, 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 da. After all, it is Tulsa, Oklahoma. Print, radio, Paul Harvey. Not to be confused with Steve Harvey. Hey, did you know Steve Harvey has a courtroom TV show? You mentioned it before. Yeah. We talked about it. Hmm. I get some screenwriters. I don't know. I don't really see. Bill Hader. He's not the guy who did the voice of Solid Snake. I don't know. Hmm. Da, 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 da. All right. I think I'm done. I'm just. There's too many people. Uh, it's too dense of a list to skim in real time. But anyway, this yeah. remote work program reminded me of. Something I saw years ago, and I went and I found this this article. It was from 2016. It was Russia was offering anyone, you didn't have to be a Russian citizen, you could go to Siberia and they give you a hectare of land. They it, the article here says that it's for citizens, but I remember when this thing was coming out, they had a way for foreigners to move to Russia, but you had to move to uh, Siberia and you had to like do satisfy certain things like maintain a house and uh, and invest a certain amount of money. But yeah, would... you know what it's called. You know what that's called homesteading. Yeah, it used to be. It's what uh, it's what they did in Canada and the United States to to populate the West. Yeah, you know. Hey, hey, you, you, fresh off the boat from Europe, if you, if you want, uh, clear out, clear out this hundred acres of land, build yourself a house on it within three years, and we'll give you the deed. Yep. 
They would put a requirement for planting a certain amount of grass in some of these deeds too, especially mm-hmm. in New England when there were, there was no cleared fields. Um, so you couldn't graze horses or anything on it. So that was one of the things you had to get grass seed and plant grass. Fun fact. And there, one of the more interesting things that I've learned about these, uh, these deeds and these homesteads are the different governors from early, early on in the U S and what would later become the United States at the time it was like New York and, uh, the New England colonies, and they would, the governors would issue deeds for the same land, like the guy, Governor, um, I think it was Wentworth, and the other guy from New York would have deeds issued for the same plot of land, so you'd like, you get your deed, you pack up all your shit, and it was a long trick out there, you get there, and there was already a dude who had set up a house there with a deed from another governor, you know, and he's been this there for two a, years. This is the whole Vermont thing, isn't it? Yeah, it was Vermont. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely Because, right. what was it, New Hampshire and uh, New York both claimed that land, and neither was willing to give it up to the other, and the people who actually lived there were like, fuck you both, we're going to be our own state. Yep. We had uh, just a lot of turmoil between these territories in the early days, and even after we had uh, the United States was formed. What happened was we we all signed up to be this uh, federation of states, and then all the members immediately began suing each other over uh, land borders and stuff like that. So they had yeah. the Congress had to do the U.S. Coastal Survey, and there's some history with measurement science there that I like to bring up once in a while. Because how do you and do all it? the states claimed everything out to the other to the Pacific Coast, and and that wasn't going to be allowed to stand either. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, that's uh, some yeah, stuff. it was a messy situation, and I don't mean Mark messy. Nope. All right. Uh, how about we do some podcasts? Yeah, let's do some podcasts. Okay, here's your podcast rundown for the week. We haven't done this, I think, in seven weeks or so. It's been almost two months, but I used to do this all the time. I'm just bringing it back now. It's part of the old format. We had Hog Story had episode 356, Barbecue Toys. Behind the Schemes, latest episode was 156. Uh, everyone thinks like groupthink. You'll love it. Uh, we had Bowl After Bowl, episode 251, They Can Track You. Uh, they sure can. Dad's Anime Podcast, episode 115. <sighs> These titles, man. Three-episode rule for ascendance a of title. a bookworm. Ghost Stories in the Shell, standalone complex. Kawaii Ugu Des. And current year video chat, as always. Sounds like a, sounds like a good uh, set of topics. Okay, we also had Angry Tech News, uh, number 63, came out. It was Bucket Snowball. Uh, that was yeah, Tuesday. And, uh, and then and Bemrose had a great rant about the shit going on on Reddit in it. Oh, nice. I don't know what's going yeah, on. It, was, on it was pretty fun listening. What's going on on Reddit? Uh, well, there's this uh, revolt by by a bunch of users over Reddit trying to monetize their API. Oh, is this... And Reddit is a Condé Nast company still, or do they uh, shuttle it off to someone else? I don't think they're part of uh, Commie Nasty anymore. Hmm, okay. Is Ellen Powell still there? They're trying for an IPO later this year. Oh, God. Apparently. Uh, Then we had Grumpy Old Ben's. Again, uh, Ryan Bemrose, Darren O'Neill... Combo, Grumpy Old Ben's, episode 225, Block Party. And do I have something to say about today's Grumpy Old Ben's? Yeah, tell me about it. 
Yeah, so there was, uh, there was some interesting talk about uh, people getting blackmailed with threats of their nude pictures getting sent out. And I made the clever comment that, that you couldn't blackmail me with that because it's about time somebody else saw me naked. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah, somebody could try, somebody could try this with me and I'll be like, yeah, sure. Spread the pictures, torture the people. Hmm. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, I'm no Quasimodo, but I'm, but I'm no fucking Pierce Brosnan either. You mean you don't have a giant lip that sticks out uh, six inches from the side of your head? No, I mean women aren't throwing their panties at me on a regular basis. Oh, well, I got a song. I was I was listening to this Francesco Antime and and tell me, wow, I can't say his uh, his name. I played him before the show with his uh, with his coming out song. He had a song which I thought might be fun uh, to play a little bit of on on the episode. This, he has this great album uh, of just these classic, classic uh, songs. I just want to play one for you. I think you might enjoy it. Let's see okay. if it's topical. It's okay to be ugly. What you gonna do? That's the body you got right now. It isn't really you Don't you be disappointed If you look kind of scary You do realize that you're not gonna be The most beautiful body in the cemetery It's okay to be Oh, this guy Francesco, he has this album called Old Fashioned Boy And it's all him singing over these Kind of general midi sounding compositions <laughs> I think they're pretty awesome. He has some pretty I think funny that's stuff. Pretty, I think that's pretty good. And yeah, you know, it's okay to be ugly. The problem, the problem is, the problem is, uh, being ugly still won't get you laid unless you got like you know lots of money. I got two words for you. Yeah, novelty fuck. Okay, so so what what do I dress up as a fucking clown? Do I go out there as a fucking clown in like a fucking speedo? Weave, weaving my clown dick at the women until they're like, okay, this seems like fun. I'll fuck you, Mr. Clown. All right, honk me in my honk hole. <laughs> oh, man. Clown fuck, clown fuck. It's all right. <laughs> oh, boy. You're going deep with that one. Let's see. Um, anything else to say about podcasts? No. <laughs> I'm looking... I'm looking at our uh, our time here. I think we got to wrap this thing up. We got some boost gramps. Uh, I I still I still wanna I still wanna throw a couple links out. All right, just, well, uh, just they're nice and quick. So just things I came across. So first of all, first of all is this uh, old VCR, old vintage computing research blog I pay attention to every now and then with uh, with old computer stuff and. Uh, Yesterday, an article was posted with this uh, demo Mac Portable, and uh, it is pretty neat just going through it and and seeing like it it's like actually labeled demo unit on it. Like there's 
Attention! This device is a demonstration unit only. It is not for sale or lease. Production units will comply with all applicable federal rules and regulations. Which, you know, means there's no there's no radiation shield in it, so it'll fuck with your radio, mm. right, when you use it. But, uh, yeah, it's just neat going through the pictures on this, uh, taking a look at it. And, in fact, uh, the finished... The finished product was what was used to send the first two words email for from space back in 1991. I see. Yeah, so it was pretty neat looking at that. The other one is uh, this uh, Bruce Murray Laboratory for Planetary Visualization at uh, Caltech uh, put together essentially an online uh, Google Earth, but for Mars. So cool. These are some neat links. I'm I'm throwing them in the I'll be throwing them in the chat so other people can nerd out with me, although not with me, <laughs> but they'll be able to check this shit out. There it's you cool. go. New RAM card. Ah, uh, that's nice. I like this old computing stuff. I want to get into more detail. I've been doing some stuff with microcontrollers lately. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll bring it up on the next episode. I'm just gonna tease it for now. 6502 is still the best microcontroller. Global CTX Mosaic of Mars. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to get deeper into this, too, and, and do a science episode. Just stop trying to do a funny episode and do a science episode sometime. And uh, It'll still be funny. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I could get, it could get pretty dry. But planetary imaging is pretty awesome. Um, I've got some... Uh, an acquaintance let's say, uh, has been discussing uh, imaging of Venus by the Arecibo uh, telescope, and I found some of the papers on it, and so I have to go yeah, do some not, research. Yeah, but that's not the same as actually having something fly around with a camera, right? Well, Which is what happened here. We're, we'll get to why it's interesting when we do. Um, but uh, I got some boostograms if you want to close this out. Yeah, we got a couple of boostograms, didn't we? All right. We missed one from last week. At the very end of last episode, there was uh, 9999 stats from Cotton Gin, who said, oh, 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 Yeah, oh. he sure did. Oh, he was oh. Showing up, he was showing us his O face. Oh. You know, oh, 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 oh. 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 <laughs> we also got one today during the show. Carolyn Blaney sent in 8888 sat saying, Grimace birthday boost. If I have to get a McD's meal with my Grimace purple drink, I'll get chicky nuggies and fries. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's what to get. Uh, we got a 15,000 sats, or I'll say 150 hundred sats from Anonymous saying, here's to 150 more. Thanks, Anonymous. 150 hundred. Wow, that's a lot of hundred. Finally, we got we got we got one from Booberry. He sent in thirty three thirty three sat saying Tulsa, Oklahoma also features the Woody Guthrie Museum and the center of the universe. The center of the universe. Sorry, that's Guthrie, isn't it? Yeah, Woody Guthrie. Him and his uh, Alice's restaurant. Cottonjin says he was the one who sent in the hundred fifty hundred. Oh, I see. In the chat. And he doesn't know why it didn't say his name. Hmm. All right. Um, unless there's any other business, I think we can close this out. No, I'm, I think that uh, I think that covers it all. All right, let's do it. Yeah. I got an arcade cabinet to build oh, out nice. of Lego. Lego, Lego. Yeah, that arrived today. Lego, my Lego. Lego. 
All right. Lego my Lego. Until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. Yeah, I've been called acid. Stay fruity, boys. Adios. I had a good woman. But she laid down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman. But she laid down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't shy?